Welcome to Level 10 Mastery with Ben Lawler. On this podcast, we interview the best and brightest in all walks of life. By doing this, we help you, our listener, become the best version of yourself. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome back to another episode of Level 10 Mastery. Today we have a special guest, Mr. Dan Marshall. Dan is a good friend. He's a thought leader, father, author, and a coach. Dan, welcome to the podcast, brother. How's it going, Ben? Great to be here. Um, Hopefully we can share some wisdom today and hopefully we can just help one person out there learn a little bit more about what it takes to be a success. Well, I really appreciate you uh, being on the program today. We've really... uh, We've been looking forward to this. So starting out, Dan, bring us back to your childhood and maybe some of those life lessons that you learned at a, at a young age. Well, basically, I grew up on the south side of St. Louis, um, Irish Catholic family. Um, with I have four brothers and four sisters, so it's a total of nine siblings. Um, grew up, went to St. Pius V Catholic School, went to St. Mary's High School, um, but, you know, my mom and dad always provided everything we needed, but if we ever wanted anything, there's a difference between needs and wants. If I ever wanted anything, I knew I had to go out and work for it. So I've probably been working since I've been about 12 or 13. You know, I started first thing was a paper route. You know, then you go to, I was working in restaurants as a bus boy yeah. and working in kitchens, <laughs> you know, stuff right. like that. But I mean, you know, the life, the life lessons, you know, that I took from, you know, is just knowing which path to go down from your parents and which one not to. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell me about your siblings. Are they, a lot of them local? Do they live here in the, every, uh, in the St. Louis area? Every one of my siblings live in um, St. Louis. None of them and everyone's healthy, which is great. All my nieces and nephews live in St. Louis. You know, it's like my mom and dad are still alive and kicking. So, um, yeah, everybody lives in St. Louis still. That's awesome. Yeah, tell me about um, some of your early accomplishments where you really developed some, you know, some confidence and, and you really, um, you know, just started to believe in yourself. Well, you know, the thing is, I think always I knew I was going to somehow become a success. I was always smart in school. I always got good grades in school. Um, actually, I went away to college to become a doctor. But um, when I first really knew it, was when I graduated from college and I, I was going on interviews and I wasn't getting hired. So I just started my own like thing. And I started doing business consulting for people that needed, you know, money from banks and they didn't know how to do the pro forma statements or the um, business plans to get the money from the bank. So I just started doing those and I was charging. So that was really my first business I ever officially like did, but it wasn't an official business. But as a young guy, I mean, you were right. I mean, was that right out of college? Yeah, that was when I was actually still in college and like senior year. And um, then I did a business plan for somebody who, you know, wanted something for a landline company. And he told me to look into the wireless business. And that's really how it kind of started. I did a business plan for him for um, to open up what was called downtown cellulars and Ameritech agency. And I was the vice president of that company for the first three years. So yes, mom, you are correct. I couldn't become president on my first job. So my first (laughs) official job out of college, I was vice president, but the next job 
after three years with him, I realized that, you know, only owning 25% of the company was something that I, you know, I couldn't do everything I wanted to do. So I started this company called Marshall Wireless where I went with Nextel and, um, Nextel basically when I started had like 450,000 customers when they sold the Sprint, I think they had 27 million. So a lot of growth and it was a business. It was such a good challenge for me because it was out of my comfort zone. I'd never done outside sales before. And I was starting this company that was all outside sales, all right. business to business sales. Yes. So basically everybody told me I was crazy. Right. Dan, Who wouldn't what are you say, thinking, what are you man? doing? You got a good job. You're making money sure. over here. Why risk? Why it? would you go and do this? You yeah. know? Um, well, about a year before that, maybe my daughter was born and I just wanted to make sure that, you know, she had everything she needed and more than what I had. You know, just like everybody, the American dream. Absolutely. So, you want more for her than, than you what, had for yourself. Yeah. And, and I said, you know, I'm smart. I can do this. And I, that's when, that's why the book's called Believe in Yourself. Okay. Because when I decided to do that company, that book's been in my head for 20 years now. And it, the reason why is if I didn't believe in myself, the company never would have started. No one would ever knew about Marshall Wireless. Yeah. A lot of deputies in town, only one Marshall, you know. Sure. Marshall Falk did commercials for me, you know. Yeah. Um, Dan McLaughlin did commercials for me. Um, Steve Klein, Scott Mellonby, all these guys that are now friends of mine, they all did commercials for me. And no one would ever known about it if I didn't have enough courage, you know, just to believe in myself because everybody around me, including my mom, my wife, you know, the people that love you the most were saying I was crazy, you know, there's always, to start this. There's always going to be naysayers. So tell me this, early on, what were some of the challenges? With, well, uh, with Marshall Wireless. Early on, the challenges were um, learning that it's okay to fail to succeed, that you mm -hmm. have to fail to succeed. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, like I told you, I'd never done outside sales. Sure. So here I am, I start this company in outside sales. I have a good personality. I have an outgoing personality, but I haven't ever like done the cold calling, the right. stuff that it takes to become good. So, you know, how did I learn? I learned by picking up the phone and start dialing for dollars. Yeah. And I mean, you get better. And then I started reading books, listening to tapes, every sales success seminar that came to town. I went to see every just education by driving around my car, listening to Brian Tracy tapes, um, Zig Ziglar. Um, you know, you can name them all. I've, I've Tony got Tony Robbins. Um, yeah. Think and grow rich. Yes. All of them. Dale Carnegie. Every book that you can, every book probably on leadership that you can think of I've read or on sales. I probably read, um, who moved the cheese, you know, just all of them. But it's like, so, so I just had, being a student of the craft and, yes, and really soaking and, it up, and, and being a soaking sponge. up and learning and then going out and practicing it and yeah. failing at it and failing and failing and failing and failing yeah. until I succeeded. And the thing is, I always loved about what I love about sales is you never, ever know everything about sales. Yes. I learned something new on every sales call because right. everybody that you're selling to has some kind of different quirk or different personality or different this. And what it is is people that think they know everything about sales and think they're great, you know, they say, oh, you know, I'm great, successful. I don't have any time for them because I, know, I just say, go retire, then you're done. Yeah, you have if, to stay humble. Right? Yeah. If you, if you really think that you know everything about sales, then you don't really know what sales is about. Because mm -hmm. 
when you're selling something to someone and you're doing that sales process, what you're doing is you're just trying to undercover their needs. And it's like some people have the, there's six different buying personalities. So it's like, you know, some people react some ways to words and you got it and you learn, you learn like what word is the right word. You know, you don't want to use negative words in a sales call. So you don't have problems, you have challenges. Yes. Right. I mean, it just, it's a different mindset there. Yeah. You don't, it it isn't a cost. It's an investment. Yes. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you learn just little bitty word differences that you, you want to put into your vocabulary that most salespeople do not know. And most salespeople, I hate to say this, that I've run across because see, I've always had the distinct advantage of being on both sides of the desk. Sure. Because I own Marshall Wireless. So I have every salesperson in the world, radio people, TV people calling on me to sell me, right? Yeah. So I get to see their pitches and I get to see their mistakes and I get to see what they do right. I get to see what they did wrong. And it's, um, it's amazing how many people don't actually know what they're selling. They just, they think, and here's what I'm talking about. I'll ask my people when they come in, everybody that came into Marshall Wiles, first of all, had to go to Danny 101 sales training class. Okay. And what that was, was basically, I wanted to talk to every single person in my organization as I grew. So the last 10, 15 years of my career, all I did was sales seminars for my own company and did um, teaching and coaching and goal setting and teaching people how to become a success. That's what I focused on for the last 10 years because I, I realized that the only way I could be successful and get to the level of what I wanted to do was through the help of other people. Sure. And it's one of the hardest lessons that leaders and successful and entrepreneurs especially have is the ability to let go of certain things and be able to delegate certain things and be able to trust certain people. And what I found out is, yeah, I can sell so many phones a day and make so much money, but I'm only one person. I needed everybody to sell. So when people came into my organization, yes, I first thing I wanted to tell them was, you know, you're the most important people. I don't care what anybody says. I know it's a retail sales job. You think it isn't that important. It's the most important job in the world because if you don't sell a phone today, we don't make any money. Yeah. Sprint doesn't pay me just to sit around, yes. you know, and be a dealer. Right. They only pay me when we sell. So if you don't sell anything, Marshall Wise doesn't make any money. And I always used to give them this paradigm shift of think about it this way. If Sprint reported to the market today that no one sold a phone, not one Sprint phone got sold today, and they had to report that to the market, then the next day, day two, no one sold a phone. Day three, no one sold a phone. By day four, Sprint would be bankrupt. They'd be finished. Right? Yeah. So if you look at it that way, when you're talking to an employee, they start to get to understand, okay, yeah, my job is important. And that's Mm -hmm. what you want them to feel because true motivation comes through people loving what they do. And I always wrote, love your job, love your company, love your products. And it's um, because that's something I truly believe in. If If you don't truly love your job, you don't truly love your company, you truly don't love the products you're selling, you don't know them like the back of your hand, you're never going to be able to transfer that enthusiasm. Absolutely. Which is the sale. That's it really what sale is. If is. you're not excited, if you're not passionate about it, man, people aren't going to want to talk with you. No. it's And it's like, you know, I was telling you a little bit earlier, you know, we've talked so many times about this, Ben, and stuff. Yeah. So over the years of dealing with you. But, I mean, by the way, thank you for all the great 
That's why it looks so good is this guy right here next well, to me. But Dan, I really appreciate you, man. No, I mean, but I mean all, all candor, man. <laughs> I looked at you as a mentor and I just uh, But I mean I really appreciate uh it's, working with you've you. always made me look sharp, so it's great. It, it helps. You know, like they say, <laughs> first thirty seconds is where you make your impression. So you've always Absolutely. made me look good. And so when I walk in a room, people know okay, yeah, that guy's a, Absolutely. You look the part, being. dress the part, you project a little power and influence, right? Yeah, and it's um and it's that's a big part of the deal too. You know, it's like I always said, you know, people like, you know, how do I, people always ask me, how do I become a great salesperson? I go, you know what? You fake it till you make it. Yeah. And people don't get that. And I'm like, so tell us about that. What does that, what does that mean to you? It's like anything in life. Um, I never ever, I believe a lot in positive self reaffirmation. And the reason why I believe in that is negativity in our brain grows like a weed. You don't have to do nothing with it. Something negative comes in your brain. Like when someone tells you no, that can shut somebody down in a snap. Absolutely. Okay? Yeah. Now, how do you fight if you're a salesperson getting no's all the time on the phone until you get that yes that you need to make the money? So one of the first things I actually realized was that, hey, I have to fail again to be able to succeed. I have to hear those no's to yeah. get to that yes. If you're not getting those no's, you're not doing your job. And, and that comes down to one simple thing. Everybody has it. It's called fear of rejection. Yeah. And it's like no one wants to be rejected. Everybody wants to be loved. And it's like until we can get our self-esteem up to a point, which is why in our self-concept and what we think of ourselves and truly believe in ourselves – Mm-hmm. enough to be able to take that fear of rejection and understand that, hey, you know what? They're saying no now for who knows what reason. It isn't because of me. Sure. It's because of something else, whatever it is. It could be any number of things. And you know what? I've always felt no just means no now. Yeah, I mean, it's not no forever. For instance, you're in sales, but I mean, when you call somebody and they, yeah, I don't want to do, you know, not, well, what do you just never call them back? I mean, then no, you're a you probe that. You go a little bit deeper. Yeah, yeah. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Tell me more. Tell me a little bit more. Why? Why, why are you not ready? You know, blah, blah, blah. And you don't know. Maybe it's a situation they're in right now that could change within a year. Yeah. Maybe they just can't afford your product now. Sure. Maybe it's because they're in a contract. Like back then when I was selling, you had to break a contract. So maybe they were in a contract. Well, you call them back. You put them on a callback list in eight months or six months. Yes. But you follow up with them. And what I found out to be amazing is I still wish I had this sheet, Ben, because it shows so much about persistence in sales. Now we're talking about sales. But it's, um, I always say sales is 99% persistence, 1% genius. Yes. And what I mean by that is if you have an attitude that's right, you can be a great salesperson. Now, you do need to know your product. I'm not saying you don't need to know your product. You do need to know what you're selling because you need to know what feature it is that becomes the benefit that solves their need. Definitely. The you need to be competent. Need. You need to understand what you're doing. Right. But you also have to be positive. Yes, right? and you have, to be able to, you have to be able to take that. You have to get over your fear of rejection. Most salespeople will not become successful, and they quit. They're a success that quits because I don't think anybody's a failure. I think failures are just simply a success that quits. Mm-hmm. And most salespeople, to tell you the truth, that I've seen in my time, they quit right before they're going to become successful. That's because Right before that boiling point. Yeah, because they've worked, they've worked, but they've heard too many times yeah. no and they haven't had it's enough. It's too yeses. hard. I can't do I it. I can't get it. It's just, it's too much, you know, and it's like, no, it isn't. It's, yeah. it's, it's all in your head because the way I used to look at it, 
like I told you, Ben, like on phone calls, when you're dialing for dollars, it's like, okay, I'm going to hear so many no's, right? So when I first started dialing, I'll tell you, it took like 50 calls to get a yes. So that's pretty average for like if you take a new sales guy. Then I got down to about probably 30 to one. And then I got down to about the end, probably 15 calls to get a one to get a yes. So, but what I've, what I really figured out then was, okay, as soon as I got a base of clients, then I just called them all the time. Yes. And got referrals from them. So tell me about that. And asked them to what, help me out. So tell us about the referral process. Okay. How did, what's the best way, you know, talking to our audience, what's the best way to really cultivate, you know, relationships with clients and generate referrals from you know your existing clients? You know what? I believe all people out there want to help you. Yeah. I believe in the fact that the law of attraction, which is basically if you're good, if you're good to people and you're honest with people and you're honestly trying to help them and take care of them, that they will see that and they will, they'll honestly take care of you. Sure. It's like the so, law of reciprocity, right? What yes. you put into the lives of others eventually yeah. is going to come back into your own. Correct. The law of service is another one I believe in. If you are looking for an outcome or a certain amount of, for what your effort is, you're you're in trouble you got to put in the extra effort the extra work all the time than what you expect to get out of it mm -hmm. because trust me it'll come in spades as long as you do the work and you go out there and you try and you work your butt off and mm -hmm. i mean work hard like i got this one the last thing i always tell everybody in my sales seminars is work hard and you will succeed yes and then i say it again work hard and you will succeed because just lay it out there give people everything don't that you have. understand you have to work hard yeah. not a little bit like you know you have to work hard yeah if you work mediocre you give it a hell hum yeah you're gonna get a whole hum result you're not gonna become successful successful yeah because that first six months to nine months of building your book of business is the hardest six months you're ever gonna work in your life it really is and you, you know, know this but that's where good you know coaches and good mentors yes. come into come and, into play you're exactly right because what what is there's two things that stop a sale, right? Fear of rejection and fear of the customer making a mistake. Yes, those two things. And that's about it. And I'd say 90% of it is fear of rejection on the customer not yeah. asking for the sale. Definitely. Or not having enough self-esteem to ask for the sale five times, six yeah. times. Like, you know, one of my greatest stories that's in the book is Thomas Edison. Yes. The greatest inventor of all time. Failed like 10,000 times to light, get the incandescent light bulb to work. Did he give up? No. He kept going and people, four assistants quit farm, thought he was insane. Yeah. Thought that the world should always be lit by candles, you know, blah, 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 you know, the whole thing. Yes. And thought he was crazy, but he kept working at it. He kept going. And that's the greatest. So that's why I say you have to fail. That's what people don't get. You have to fail to succeed. He failed yeah. 10,000 times. I used to tell my sales guys, how many times do you take a no before you get the yes? <laughs> and sometimes, you know, I know that the, the truth is they don't even ask for sales. Yeah. Or maybe one time. Yes. And you know that. Absolutely. Average salespeople will ask for a sale maybe one time. Yeah. Or maybe not even ask for it. You have to ask a second. And you have to ask a, a second, time. third. You have to learn how to overcome those objections and come right back to the point of, hey. But you know what, Dan? You know, if you think about it, a lot of things in life are sales. Right? If you're a dentist, you're selling a treatment plan. You know, if you're a pastor... On the, on the pulpit, man, you're selling the message. I believe all the time that you're selling yourself. Yeah. You're never not selling yourself. Whenever yes. you meet somebody, you're selling yourself. I remember when I first started selling, you know, they say you got to have that elevator 
that elevator speech. What that what pitch. you, you do and you got to be able to explain to somebody what you do within 45 seconds in an elevator ride, basically. That's sure. what he called the elevator speech. Absolutely. It's got to be it, short enough to, yeah, and to get you your point across. If you can't get that across, yeah. then you're in trouble because you don't really know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something a lot of, I mean, there's so much. That's why I wrote this book, Believe in Yourself, really. There's so many people out there I see that I know I can help. I know I can make them better. I know I can make their organization better. I know I can make the leaders in their organization better because there I see I see it done wrong yeah. in so many places in this world. You know, I run into organizations that just like it's crazy. Yeah. And corporations, I mean big corporations that I've worked with, some of them are so messed up that it's unbelievable because the culture from the top guy down mm-hmm. is bad. Yeah. And if it's bad from the top guy, what do they say? As goes the leader, so goes yeah, the team. Rolls downhill, right? So, Dan, tell us <laughs> about that a little bit. You know, well, as, you, as you're working with people, how can you help somebody to become the best version of themselves or to become the best at their, at their craft? You know what? That's a great question. And I got to tell you, I've done it over the years with people that work for me. And one of the things in my sales class I tell them all is if you learn one thing in this this whole class that I'm teaching you is please the importance of goal setting. Yeah. Because if you do not set goals, it's like playing life or playing, playing life or shooting darts without a dartboard. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you don't have goals for your life, yeah. you have no dartboard. What are you throwing at? What are yeah. you aiming at? If what are you don't trying have a to target accomplish? that you're looking at, then right. you're and, a wandering generality. And I usually tell people, in my seminars to start off with basically three categories, your business, your personal life, and your, what I call self-improvement projects like yeah. on yourself. Business, put, personal, self-improvement. self-improvement. And put three goals down. Just start with three of those. Yeah. And, and here's another thing I will tell everybody the trick to secret to success. Let's hear it. Write the goal on a piece of paper with a plan of action, with what the outcome's gonna be, what the benefits of this goal is, what is gonna happen, how you're gonna get there, the whole plan, and write it out and then sign it, like a contract with yourself. If you do not do that, it is not a goal, it's a thought. Yes. Then there's a big difference between a goal and a thought. A thought never happens, and Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example of this. Um, say you're saying to yourself, yeah, I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight. I need to lose, you know, yes. you just keep telling yourself, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to die. I'm going to start dying. Well, why do people procrastinate and not do it? Because they, they're not a goal setting machine. If I can turn someone into a goal setting machine, yeah, then they will be a success for the rest of their life because then they will know why they're coming to work. Yeah. They will know why they're doing what they're doing at work, why they chose what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And usually they will choose what they're passionate about yes and that's the whole key to life if you're not doing what you're passionate about then you're not going to have fun in life your life's going to stink like you know they say 85 percent of the people i think go to work just for a paycheck or just because that's what they think they're supposed sure, to do they're just or, going or, through the or whatever motions. going through the motions it's the job you clock in five. you clock out you're done da, da, da. i would hate to live my life like that i've never lived i've never worked a day in my life everything mm-hmm. i've done since I've, you know, has been so that I can work and do what I want to do and have fun while I'm doing it. And Absolutely. My passion is obviously you can tell is leadership, sales, coaching, helping people become successful. 
And it's um really the secret. If you really want to know, like I tell my people all the time in class, what's the secret to success? And they say, oh, this, this, this. they'll give me a hundred different things. I'm like, nope. And I said, the secret to success is Earl Nightingale, I think, did yeah. this like a 30-year research and he interviewed like 30,000 people that he thought were successful. And he's like, the only common denominator really he could come up with was that all the successful people were actively pursuing a goal at the time when he was interviewing them. Really? Yeah. And it's and it, the thing is, you could have... So success doesn't mean you got a lot of money. Success doesn't mean you have no money. You can be the most successful school teacher in the world if you're actively pursuing a goal or learning like a new way to teach a kid yes. a new class, right? Yes. That's a success. Right. Now, an unsuccessful teacher is a person that's just sitting there going through the motions and not doing that. Sure. And a successful business person or salesperson is someone that's always trying to get better, always trying to right. find that extra little niche that can make them a better salesperson. You know, For I've instance, heard, going to seminars, yes. listening to reading books. So I've heard you mention before, Dan, that success is the uh, progressive realization of a worthwhile goal. Right? Yeah. It's not that that end. It's not that just being there. Hey, I've made it. But it's yeah. actually the process. It's, yes. it's the journey and of getting yes, there. Yes, you just said it. One of my favorite sayings in the world is, success is a journey not a destination mm -hmm. i hate when people come up to me and tell me i'm successful because i just look at them and i go you don't get it yeah you don't even know what success is because i'm not successful i haven't yet it's still my journey it's like i'm starting this whole new phase of my life where i'm i want to now give back and i want to teach and i want to coach and i want to do speaking engagements and i want to I want to teach all the knowledge I've learned over the past 21 years Absolutely, of running a sales reached, organization. You've reached a high level of success, but yeah, I would imagine going down this like, path, I'm not you're still learning. You're still growing. I'm still, I, I don't even know if I've even yet tipped the iceberg. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. But I know I can still continue to grow and still become better and better and better. And the thing is, I need to fail, fail, fail so I can keep yep. becoming successful. And the thing is, also, I also realize with this book and with the stuff that I'm doing right now, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of a learning curve, a lot of a stuff, but I know what I have inside of me is good. I know what I have to give people is worthwhile. Mm -hmm. It's great information. Yeah. And it's, and it's like just the stuff we're talking about today. A lot of people don't understand, you know, and it's like to get people to understand how important goal setting truly is. Like yeah. people always say, why is it that, you know, top, what do they always say? The top 10% or whatever it is, um, money makers in the world, you know, make money and then yeah, I mean, the top 10% almost have 90% of, of the, the wealth, the wealth or whatever it is. And it's because they're goal setters. Mm -hmm. They're doing what they're passionate about. Like who is the guy from Oracle that he was, he went to, he actually was a doctor. If you believe it or not, he was a doctor medical doctor went through medical school everything just like i was going to be a doctor yeah thank god i didn't go through medical school before i changed what i want to do yes but then he goes i just want to start up this little company in silicon valley yes and he goes i want to start up and i just want a company this because he was all about techie stuff and he goes i just want to make a little software company sure. where i can you know employ maybe 10 20 people whatever and just, just make a good living that just, about. yeah that, that i'm passionate about that i want to do i don't want to be a doctor anymore. yeah well here he goes, Oracle, and he's like, next thing you know, he's got 100 employees. Next thing he's going 1,000. Next thing you know, he's going public, and now he's one of the richest guys in the world. Yes, because I mean, he did something that he was passionate Because he did about. something that that's the lesson yes. that he was passionate about, and he was already successful. So you don't think he 
got flack when he went and told his wife, "I'm not going to be a doctor anymore. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to go start this new company." Of course, she probably he got, looked at him like she probably looked at way. him like he was lost his what mind. What are you thinking? And now You've he's the richest path. one of the richest guys in the right. world. Man. And everybody uses his product, PDF. Yeah. Everybody uses Oracle. Sure. There isn't no one that doesn't use it. So so let's talk about that a little bit. Whenever you reach a level of success, right? How does a person maintain? How do they stay at the top of their game? How do you stay at the top of your game as you continue to grow? Well, the one thing that you have to do, I think, to stay at the top and to continue to grow is give yourself new challenges. Mm-hmm. In other words, you have to every year, like what I... I did in my business every year is I plan for my business. I plan for, I also reset myself, my self um, concept and my self esteem. Like, what am I worth? What am I worth an hour? What am I worth? You know, how much, what do I think I'm worth now this year? What do I got to make for my self concept? Sure. Cause if you don't raise your self concept and your self esteem every year, well then you're just going to continue to make the same amount and do the same things that you did the year You're before. You're stagnant. You're going to plateau. You get stagnant, yes. And if you, plat- if you plateau for too long, what happens? There's only one way to coast. Yeah. It's downhill. It's downhill. We all know that. That's right. You got to pedal. You got to keep pedaling. You got to so keep So always that- have a challenge. Always raise yes. that bar. And always have goals. New goals. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like with this company I'm starting, I've already got like 75, like you were talking to me earlier, I've already got 75 goals written down that I want to accomplish with my new stuff that I'm doing. I love it. And it's like, and that's hardly nothing for me. I mean, I had once had 40 goals when I first learned about goal setting. I still remember this like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was like one year into the company, I had 40 goals and I thought I was doing great. These 40 goals I had. Yeah. And I read that book by Lou Holtz and boy, did it ever, you know, tick me off because... <laughs> Good old Lou had 500 lifetime goals. Yeah. And like, you're thinking, man. I was like, man, I thought I was doing great with 40. I need 40. to be thinking bigger, right? Yeah. I was like, 40 goals, I'm thinking I'm doing great. Yes. Well, it how, t- how often do you review goals throughout the um, throughout the year? What I do is when I have a serious goal that I'm writing down and I want to accomplish, like I will, I'll do the contract with myself, sign it, and I'll put it up reminders everywhere. Like, you know, short-term goals. You have short-term goals. You have long-term goals. You have mid-range goals. You have goals, like I said, on business, family, um, and self-project goals, you know. So it depends what it is. If it's a short-term goal that you want to hit right away, I'll put that sucker up everywhere mm-hmm. as a reminder for yeah. me. So it's always on top of mind awareness. Sure. And it's... Um, now, how about sharing? Do you, do you share it with other people? Do you have people that hold you accountable to certain goals? Or do you um, really... Do you keep that internal? Really? I'll tell you the truth. And this is something that'll probably freak you out. But um, I don't like to share my goals with people. And here's the reason why. Some of my goals are crazy. Mm-hmm. And people would look at it and they would give me a negative feedback. Yeah. I don't want any negative feedback. Okay. I only want positive feedback. That's why I tell the people in my company when they used to do goals, I said, listen, it only takes one person to tell you you can't do something mm-hmm. that can shut you down and tell you, and you'll believe it. Absolutely. Because negativity is so powerful. So sure. until, and it grows. until you're a goal crunching machine, mm-hmm. don't share your goals with other people. Okay. Keep them to yourself because yes. unless you're going to share them, I said, you want to share your goals with somebody, share them with me. Mm-hmm. And that's how, like you said earlier, how did I help people in my company? Yeah. Really what it is all about is we would sit down with my people and I would say, what do you want to accomplish here by working at Marshall Wireless? Mm-hmm. Why do you work here? Yes. What do you, I should be able to come to your house at 3 a.m., shake you, wake you up and say, why do you work at Marshall Wireless? And if you don't, can't rattle off three things in the middle of the night, 
then guess what? You shouldn't be working here. Absolutely. Because you should have three goals what you're working for. You're not working for me. I'm not that conceited. Yeah. You got to be working for something that you want. They some, need to be some specific, kind of intentional, yes. and know what their story is. Yeah. So tell me this. You know, Speaking of, of leadership, what are some of those traits? What are some of those characteristics that, you know, say a person is maybe just getting into a leadership role or they've been in a leadership role for a while and they've, they've been challenged. What in your mind are some of those some of those traits that are a well, leader know, should really uh, embody. To I be really successful. think leaders. <laughs> this comes back to sales too, but it's the same thing. God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Mm-hmm. Leaders need to listen to the people underneath them a little bit. Yeah, and hear what they're saying. Now they may be crazy. They may have the wrong. You know, you may know what you know. Even my employees, you listen to them, you hear them out, then you say, you know what? We've tried it. Wheel. Yes, it doesn't work. Right. But at least you hear them out and then you give them their, your honest feedback and mm-hmm. be honest with them and tell them where they're at. Sure. Be candid. And, and be candid and just say, look, a lot of leaders don't, they lack the courage to actually just sit down and tell somebody, hey, you know what? You really need to work on this or sure. you really need to work on that. And also, I believe a lot of leaders miss the fact that their job is really to if they concentrate on just making that person a better person Mm -hmm. and help that person and spend time with helping that person become a better person and help that person achieve his goals or her goals what's going to happen is that's a domino effect then that leader underneath them will go and help the people underneath them become successful and and help them and if you got everybody in your organization becoming a goal hitting machine yeah there is nothing you can you right. can you so basically do. you're talking about building people, but those people will then, build the company. Yes, they they're the ones of what make you a success or not. And that's you that's can't legacy, do it right? by yeah you can't do it by yourself. Yeah, there's no way. Trust me, there's not enough hours in the day. I can coach somebody, I can teach somebody everything, but if they choose not to do any of it, then I'm going to find out. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to have that candid conversation with them and go, you know what? You're not working out here. We're going to promote you to customer. Yes. And I mean, that's just part of the deal. Mm-hmm. You know, and as you notice, I didn't say fire him. I said promote him to customer because I don't like using negative words. Sure. But you got to be willing to have that uh, that tough conversation. Dan, let me ask you this. What, um, what now, this day and age, gets you really, really excited, man? What gets you I fired mean- up? What really gets me fired up is the new projects. Like when I take on new projects and new things and challenges and doing something outside of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Like in other words, um, helping this artist I know getting going Cole Roses and recorded, you know, recorded records. And then doing um, my management company for the talent management company, writing this book. It was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever done in my life. And to tell you the truth, I'm not an English major. I'm not a, you know, so if there's grammatical errors in a book, it's been proofread five times, a hundred times, who knows? Yeah. So if there still is, I'm sorry, <laughs> I apologize. But, but that's why that's why I wanted to write the book. Yes. Because it was a challenge. It was something that's all the only reason I exist on this planet is for challenging myself. Mm-hmm. I do not compete with other people. That's yeah. where people get themselves wrong. Mm-hmm. You don't want to compete with Joe Schmo over here because I tell you what, you can always I can point to anybody more successful than me and less successful than me in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And so can you, and so can Bill Gates, and so can everybody, okay? it's easy. It doesn't matter. Everybody can always point to somebody else that's doing better. What you can't do 
no one can say if you're challenging yourself and busting your butt as hard as you can and yeah. doing the best. Like I always told my daughter, don't stress about the result of the test. You worry about the, what's the outcome is. You don't know what the outcome is going to be. All you can worry and focus on is studying as hard as you can to get the best score you can get. Do the best you can yeah. do. The outcome will roll. It'll, it's going to come out sure. however it's going to come out. Just give everything that Just you can. Just give everything you got. Pour yourself in. Yeah. And good things will happen. Yeah, it's the same thing with setting goals. You know, people will set goals. And like I said in my book, I think probably a thousand times people would have quit on martial arts at the beginning because they didn't know the the stress and the... The trials, the, the tribulations, the, the all that rejection. stuff. I was learning the rejection, all that stuff that goes mm-hmm. along with it, hiring people that, you know, yeah. trying to teach new people how to sell. Um, but anyway, the whole story is though, how I became a success was persistence. I persistently pursued my goals until they were achieved. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a horse that has blinders on. Yeah. That's the best way I can describe it. You have to stay focused on just the goal that you're working on at that time. Sure. And it's you, easy to get distracted yeah, by everything going on out yeah, there. Yeah. And stay positive. Like, you know, people used to ask me all the time, Hey Dan, how's your day? How's the business going? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know why I use that word? Because it could be unbelievably good, unbelievably bad that exactly. day. Exactly. Who knows? But That's they right. don't want to hear me cry about it. Dan, let me ask you this. Shifting gears a little bit. Um, let's talk about motivation. You know, what are, what are maybe some routines that you try to follow each day? Is there anything that you do consistently as far as a routine that's really helped you become the person that you are? Yeah, I mean, motivation is, and I talk about in the book, a lot of people, when they come to work for me, they'll say, you know, motivates them is making money or doing this. And I'm like, ah, that's the wrong answer. Um, but because money isn't really the thing that should motivate you. It should be, again, it comes back to the, having goals and having plans and having challenges and what what can you do so what motivates me every day when i wake up is basically what what is my next thing that i want to do what's Mm -hmm. the next great thing i can do what's the next thing and i said great not good because i hate good yeah it's the enemy of great yeah i want to be great at anything i do so it's like i what's the next great challenge what's the next great thing that i can do what's the next you know, thing that mm-hmm. I can possibly do, yes. you know, to help. And now it's all about really in my life at my age and what I'm, what I've accomplished already. I just want to now, my biggest thing that motivates me is anyone that I can help become yeah. a success. Sure. And teach them what Pouring it takes. Into others, whether it's and individual getting into, or And group. I don't, I'm not looking for any return on it. I just want to get out there and help people. Mm-hmm. I don't need any more money. I got enough. Yeah. But I mean, what I really need is I need to see that twinkle in someone's eye when they get it. Yes. That's the best feeling in the world. It sure. always has been for yeah, me. That's priceless. Even when I'm coaching, I mean, even when I'm coaching my own employees all the time, when I saw that salesperson walk out, the one out of the 20 to come up to me and goes, thank you so much. That was awesome. I got mm-hmm. a lot. I learned a lot today. Yes. Maybe it's only one out of 15, but yeah. it was that one person that I helped. One that person day. that you it changed. That one person you affect their life. Right. And I mean, I've done it over the years so many kids and it's great but i mean i i just want to now i want to really what motivates me in the morning is getting up i got new goals i got new stuff that i'm working on Mm -hmm. and it just that's the key if you don't constantly evolve and you don't constantly challenge yourself Mm -hmm. 
you will start coasting. Yes. And I tell you what, there's only one way to go. Like I told you, <laughs> and that's downhill. That's right, man. You will not go up. You got to pedal. That's right. Go up. Well, Dan, as we come up on the uh, uh, the end of our program today, um, any uh, any closing thoughts or uh, any calls to action for uh, for our listeners out there? Yeah, you know, um, if you want to learn a little bit about what I've been speaking about today, it's all in a book called Believe in Yourself. Mm-hmm. And you how can, can people find that? You can go to believe in www.believeinofficial.com. That's believeinofficial.com again. And if you go to that website. You can order the book. You can order, you know, if you want me to do a speaking engagement, you want me to do anything for your company, you want me to coach your salespeople, maybe you're, you know, maybe your sales are down or flat or you think maybe they can, and you know, this is the point to where as a leader also, you have to sometimes look outside of your own organization to get new ideas and new challenges. Sure. And it's like what I can bring to the table to help sales organizations is basically get them sparked up and get them motivated and teach them more of the psychology about the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. How do you get stuff? Like, yes. you know, people don't understand this, but if you positively think every time you pull in a parking lot, that there's going to be a space for you yeah, and you, you vision that space and you can close your eyes and see that space being yes. open. It'll be there for you it when happens. you get there. It happens. People, I do it all the time and it freaks people out. Mm-hmm. I mean, Totally crowded parking yeah. lot, and I'll pull up, and there'll be a spot right there closed for me. What you think and about good or bad comes yeah, into yes, existence. Good or bad. And if you're thinking always negative thoughts, guess what? You're going to have a pretty miserable mm-hmm. life. And it's like it comes into that whole thing about you know self-esteem. It's In this book, if you want, if you want to learn how to raise your self-esteem, how to raise your self-confidence, how to make, make more— Find your passion. Mm-hmm. I actually go through a whole routine of questions in the book about what you truly are passionate about. Yes. What is your passion? Because Which some people have trouble finding yeah. what they're passionate about. Yeah, like what is it? And then then you can build your goals around those passions. And it might be something totally different than what you're doing. You may be at a point where you got laid off and you want to do mm-hmm. something. It's a great book to read for anybody. College, yeah. College kids, high school kids, you know. Um, anybody sales if you're in sales it's a must I think to mm-hmm. pick up and read but I mean it's believe in yourself it's called believe in yourself that's it and it's um believeinofficial.com is the website where you can get it awesome Dan thank you so much from the bottom of my heart we really uh, enjoy having you on the uh, the episode and uh, you brought some real value to uh, to myself and to our listeners today um Level 10 Gladiators, thank you for tuning in to another episode. We couldn't continue to do this without your support. Uh, Take a minute to leave us a review. Um, We welcome your feedback. Until next time, get out there and become the best version of yourself. Amen.